Welcome to the On Twos podcast. My name is Nathan Talon, and with me today, Luca Sasita. Now, everyone, join me in wishing Luca Saucy Daddy a happy quarantine birthday. Claps all around. I can hear them. I can I, hear the yeah, claps. Yeah, I can hear them. I think it's just my headphones. It's not going through. But we we got another quarantine podcast, which means we're recording remotely. Which could lead itself to some audio issues, like uh, like seen in the Toy Story one. Look, I can't. Once it's recorded, it's recorded. I can't go in and mess with the file at all. So I apologize for that. But we still wanted to record some stuff while we gotta stay home and do whatever. Absolutely, no, no reason to stop the the train from going. Uh, really, the only thing I can say about the audio issues are. I, I'm honestly going to blame you and your connection for this one, Lukey. Why is that? Just because it's easy. Fair enough. I'll <laughs> take on the boy, actually. No, I'll still take on the blame. That's fine. So how how you been doing with all of this? You Rona? know, uh, I'd like to say that it's been horrible. Um, <laughs> but I realized that my life uh, isn't a tragedy, but it's a comedy. Uh, I've just been living my life on the PlayStation Network with my broskies, <laughs> so you could say it's almost heaven. Um, <laughs> I uh, talked to I talked to our mutual friend Max Burke uh, yesterday, oh. and he said no, like he was he was being full serious that this was the best time of his life, <laughs> <laughs> and then he said if this is like what retirement's like, he needs to retire ASAP. So, you know, at least I feel like a lot of our generation mm-hmm. may be doing a little bit better than, you know, average when yeah. it comes to this yeah, just because we're sure. used. Like, the one thing about it is that it's bringing me back to, like, in high school when it's summer vacation and, like, all your friends are on vacation and you're not. Mm-hmm. And you're just stuck at home and you kind of feel like a loser. I get that vibe sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not. It's it's not good, but okay. I've been I've been able to play video games again, which is mm-hmm. wonderful. I've been able to catch up on some TV. I haven't really been watching a lot of movies except for when we got to watch stuff for on twos. But um, I've been watching a shit ton of movies. I've really been taking advantage of that Netflix party thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if there's a movie that we want to watch and it's not on Netflix. Um, We've been just watching stuff on our PlayStations, but staying in the party. So it's like we're watching it together. Nice. Yeah. So. What, are you, what are you doing with your mic there? Are you throwing it at a garbage disposal? or? Uh, you, you know, you'd be surprised that upstairs in my house, there's actually a wind tunnel. Um, <laughs> and I dove headfirst into that stuff. Uh, no, I forgot that my coffee was on the other side of the room. Okay. Um, but, but I've been I've been just watching Breaking Bad. I yeah, watch yeah. I just started Better Call Saul, and I I finished the first season, and I am in love with it. I know. I hear a lot of people talk good things about it, I'm saying it's almost like some people are saying it's better than Breaking Bad. Some you know, th- that's saying... what I've heard. That's what it's kind of refreshing too, because Breaking Bad is so heavy that this one is. You know, it's I, I've heard other people say it's kind of like Breaking Bad. There is some humorous stuff in it, but it's like ninety ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this one is kind of the opposite. You know, it's more like 70, 30. 
uh, in 70, leaning more towards the comedy. But it's really cool just that it kind of can stand by itself. Like, it's kind of like a bonus that you know everything from Breaking Bad, so you know where it's going to lead to. But somebody who'd never seen Breaking Bad could totally watch the show and still get a kick out of it, even without knowing everything. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like it's in the same universe and the fans of the universe will get some out of it, but you can still watch it on its own and it can can kind of hold up to that merit of just being a good TV show. Sure. But we're not here to talk. That's the new Breaking Bad cast coming out soon. Um, we're here to talk about animated movies. Not wrong. Specifically, Pixar animated movies. Look at my... And, and even more specifically, A Bug's Life. I was going to say, I got my, my Pizza Planet hat on, but that doesn't really work after you get the Bugs Life part. But yes, we are talking about Bugs Life. How, how are you feeling about a Bugs Life before and after this rewatch? Okay, so before, it was kind of an interesting thing for me because I like don't remember this movie at all. I saw it as a young kid, but I also have seen Ants, and I couldn't tell you which one was which. Um <laughs> So the rewatch was kind of fun because uh, it was almost like watching it again for the first time. Uh, I guess the only way to describe my reaction afterwards is just kind of a shoulder shrug. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. Um, It's tough, you know, animation-wise. After seeing something like Toy Story 4, which is just freaking incredible, um sometimes it's hard to go backwards. You know, I think we're a little forgiving with stuff like um, Toy Story uh, because we grew up with that stuff and everybody loves Buzz and Woody and stuff. So when we go back and watch it, the animation being as dated as it is doesn't really bother us. Um, But watching something like A Bug's Life for the kind of for the first time, um, it's kind of hard to get over that hurdle for me. I don't know what it is. Like, I think you did a good job of describing um, how they kind of got the animation down with toys for Toy Story. Like, the humans and the dog doesn't look great, but the toys themselves look, you know, fantastic. You know, they can kind of, they can, they're fine. Um, but the yeah, bug. Yeah, you kind of you don't have to with the toys. Like, even if they move weird, yeah. toys don't have the same amount of joints and stuff as humans well in a bug's life they made the conscious choice to have two legs two arms and they'll walk around like a bipedal uh animal and uh sometimes the running and stuff like that can seem a little bit jarring um i noticed like a lot of the crowd shots Mm -hmm. while impressive because they're able to render out so much it's still like it looks kind of like uh Final Fantasy VII, the original, in a way where it looks like it's just here's this computer generated thing on like this map, mm-hmm. and it's not like it lives in that realm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you, when it's like a big sprawling. But you know, you see with a lot of these anime movies, and we'll see as we go forward. Each movie, you can kind of tell what they're testing out. Yeah. So like in a Bug's Life, it's like man, it's ants, so we need like a million ants on screen. Uh, the rain stuff I thought was really cool. Yeah, they well um, they did a lot of just like really cool inventive stuff just in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I thought the rain looked really cool too. Yeah, it just feels like this this movie's kind of more of a uh, interstitial step to the next greatness of Pixar. You know? Yeah, like when you well when it's you a think testing of, ground for a lot of stuff. 
it's it's kind of a weird thing just because with Pixar, they go on such a run so early that it's like they hit it right off the bat. But this the, A Bug's Life seems like where a normal studio would start and then you see it grow over time. It's like they started like mm-hmm. with Toy Story and you're like, oh man, they got it. And then it's like you get A Bug's Life and you're like, oh, this seems kind of like where... This this is what I would imagine somebody would start with. You know, it's almost like they kind of went backwards. And then yeah. you get Toy Story 2 and you're like, oh, my God. And then it's just off to the races from there. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that in, a, like, because I'm right there with you. Like, but I watched this movie. We had the VHS. We watched it all the time as a kid. So going back and watching it as stuff was happening, very similar to Toy Story. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so ingrained in my brain. Like, even when the music kicks in right at the beginning, I was like, holy crap, how did I forget this score? Mm-hmm. The score is actually really great in this movie, I think. But that's just kind of par for the course with a lot of Pixar movies as well because they get the same batch of people working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, after – like, I had to, like, pause it and take breaks in between because I just wasn't feeling it that much. Yes. I wasn't, like, gripped by it. Um, but you do see shades of uh, Pixar at – like what Pixar is good at. Like there's tons and tons of just clever stuff in this movie where it's like, man, they're just, they're thinking of everything. And like, they're making like a lot of the jokes are very clever instead of uh, lame. It's just kind of the overall story. And while doing, while looking up like a bunch of research on it and stuff like that, I did notice that while uh, Toy Story, like this is one of the things that they ran into with A Bug's Life. While Toy Story is, uh, you have this like wealth of side characters, but Woody is the main character and Buzz is like the supporting actor mm-hmm. and like those movies and then the rest are just side characters, you know, in Bugs Life, they have so many characters that they have to juggle, like Flick's the main character. And then you got like 10 other characters that are just like that get pretty close to equal screen time. Mm-hmm. So it's like juggling all these different storylines going on at once. Uh, and then like Hopper's cool, but like you, we don't see Hopper for a good 40 minutes or something. Oh yeah. He's like, so for sure. So it's really like, okay, I don't really care about this impending doom sort of thing. That might be Um, one of my biggest disappointments is maybe the Hopper. Um, I just, I listen, obviously Kevin, the whole Kevin Spacey thing is a disaster. Um, (laughs) I'm, I mean, what do you? What else can you say other than that? But I'm just speaking in terms of his uh, acting ability and his talent and that stuff. I, I think Kevin Spacey's freaking awesome. So to see that he was the voice of kind of the villain, um, yeah. I was like, oh man, this is gonna this is gonna rip. And then I watch it, and I'm like, man, he really doesn't get a lot to chew on here. Like he, he does get some decent stuff, but uh, this I guess now we can kind of just jump into behind the scenes sort of stuff. Uh, Originally, John Lasseter wanted Robert De Niro oh, as Hopper. That's interesting. Uh, and Robert De Niro turned it down to do, uh, but um, just he just Shark Tank. No, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like how are you going to freaking do Shark Tank? It probably paid a lot more. No, they um, said he said it was the biggest mistake of my career. So then a couple of years later, he's like, I'm doing Shark Tale. <laughs> it's like, oh, an animated movie? Okay, yeah, yeah, I gotta sign on to this one. Um. <laughs> Uh, but like, and then I guess Lasseter and Kevin Spacey ran into each other at some awards show, and they met each other. And at the awards show, he kind of pitched it mm. to K Space, and it said Kevin Spacey was delighted, and he accepted it. 
Um, do you got any of the cast down, or you want me to run through it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I have some of the cast down. Uh, do you know who the lead actor is, though? Like, I just no. never heard of that guy in my life. That's the only no. reason. What's his Dave Foley? Is that yeah. it? Yeah. It sound it's it sounds like Dave Filoni, who I know him. He works on the Star Wars stuff. But uh, no, I've never heard of this guy, and maybe it's because I'm, you know, millennial slash Gen Z trash or something. But I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, good, good performances. Flick though. Yeah, Flick is good. The the cast here is actually kind of it's like kind of snaky stacked. But yeah. I guess for any Pixar movie that makes yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is in this, which. I feel like I can't get away from this person all of a sudden. It's like we watch Onward, and <laughs> I'm turning on my TV, and I turn around, and she's freaking there every single time. Um, that could just hey. be because we watch Seinfeld so much, but what are you going to do? Hey, I love me some some Julie Louis-Dreyfus. For sure, for sure. Um, Is she related to Richard Dreyfus? Somebody told me that's his daughter, and I don't know if I believe him. I don't that. know if I believe that either, but... It's probably true. There's all sorts of nepotism in Hollywood. All right, continue. Um, we got Homegirl from Heroes slash Scream 4 slash the greatest video game ever made until Hell dawn. Yeah. You got a little oh. Hayden, whatever her last name is. I thought you were going to say Kingdom Hearts and I was hyped, but you kind of spit on my food there. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. But yeah, um, she's like, how old is she? Just got to be like freaking five. <laughs> recording lines for Dot. Yep, yep. Um, gotta say, always had a big crush on that actress. All right, well, let's not talk about that when we're talking about her being five, dude. Well, not when she was five, but when I was from five, Heroes onward. No. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Dennis Leary's even in this movie. It's like yeah. we got a crazy cast here. This is nuts. We got the the Rotzenberger, or however you pronounce his name. He's back. He's got like a bigger role in this one too. Not a bigger because like Toy Story is like pretty. Hey, great character once again. He gets some great character. Yeah, this one. This one is uh, he's a joy in this one. <laughs> um, do you have any more of the any big big hitters in the cast? Uh, no, just uh, one of the animators, Joe Ranft. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. Voiced. Uh, uh, John Lasseter's wife actually said uh, that he should voice Heimlich, the caterpillar, because he was doing like the voice tracks for him, like the temp tracks. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, oh, he's perfect. Just cast him. So then this was like the first one that he was like cast in. And he ended up showing up in a couple other Pixar movies. Um, he was actually part of this legendary lunch that happened while Toy Story was in post-production. Oh, yeah. The famous. I know exactly what you're talking about, actually. Uh, John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, Pete Doctor, Joe Ranf, they came up with Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and Wally, and this movie, all at this lunch. Tell me if I'm crazy or not, but <laughs> um, for me, the the movie or the storyline of those that uh, sticks out to me the most that I just think is the most creative Monsters Inc. Um, I think Monsters Inc. is genius. Just that I that concept of monsters scaring people, and that's how you get like energy, yeah, and like electricity, and like all that. I think that that's freaking money. Um, yeah. So the fact, I just that's one of those ones where it's just tip your cap to him. Same thing with Inside Out. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is next level shit right here. Yeah. Um, but no, it sounds a lot like uh, like a Talent Brothers meeting that I've been 
part of for sure. I mean, I mean, same, same creative energy for sure. Um, same uh, groundbreaking ideas being created as well. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the famous day. You know, it's actually it could be a holiday. It's not yet, but I could see it getting there. The day that the Talon Brothers said, "You know what? We need to bring some more podcasts on on here and make like a Talon Brothers network rather than just the podcast." Yeah, we're um, talking with local governments to get that as like a a holiday so we can get work off and stuff like that. But it's not going too well. I'll be honest with you. What day would that be uh, if it was a holiday? Just 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 say a day randomly uh august <laughs> august 24th that's it baby august 24th kobe day uh, <laughs> we do <laughs> we do we do have some sad news though okay. uh, and it actually made me sad a little bit uh joe ranf the guy that voiced heimlich and was part of this legendary meeting actually died in like a car crash oh. so uh his last work was that he co-directed cars that's probably why that's the best Pixar movie. <laughs> I've never been so wrong. Dude, I freaking um, love cars. Anyway. This was this was also, uh, the, f- I mean, I'm going to say the first movie, but it's only the second movie they ever made, where they had a co-director, which becomes kind of like a staple for Pixar, where you have like the main guy kind of running the show, and then you have this co-director that's helping out. Uh, John Laster came up with that idea after directing Toy Story, where he said... Uh, during like uh, these CG movies, it is like almost necessary to have a co-director with you, and we see that throughout the rest of Pixar. Honestly, is a lot of co-directors being on this, and they kind of break off and get their own kind of solo stuff. Uh, once again, movie was edited by Lee Unkrich, who's the goat. Um, uh, and as you mentioned it, but ants, there's a, this massive controversy surrounding a bug's life and ants. Did you read any about that? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I did read a little bit about it. Um, but that's literally like going in. That's the only thing I really knew about it. So I'm like, I know this and ants came out in the same year. Um, and so that's like the first thing I even looked up um, leading into this movie. Uh, have you seen ants in a long time? Never. It's actually, like, kind of more for adults. Like, I just remember the humor being, like, like pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they yeah, they, they, they brought that up, too, in what I was reading. Is it's like, Ants, while it's kind of more, leans more on, like, this dry and adult humor, um, Bugs Life is made almost 100% for kids. Um but uh, the it's actually pretty deep. I just I remembered like yeah they came out around the same time and that stuff happens in Hollywood a lot. But uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, the the director of Ants, left Disney to work at DreamWorks Animation. Uh, Jeffrey and John Lasseter were still friends and they would talk all the time. One time John paid Jeffrey a visit. And was talking to. They were talking about upcoming projects and stuff. He's like, "What? You, well, what are you working?" Yeah, because it was like post production for Toy Story at that time. Yeah, so it's like right yeah, before. Like, it's like, well, if if you know if this one hits off, then I'd like to do this story about bugs. Yeah, and he's and then he also was like, "Hey, he because he would talk to all of his friends in animation, and he's like, look, if Toy Story does good, it's gonna be like, um, like uh, Star Wars." where it's like sci-fi movies and sci-fi like it's going to be like that for cg animated movies where people are just going to be green lighting them like this 
Um, so, but Jeffrey was one of those friends. He was talking to him about like, yeah, he wants to make a movie about bugs, um, all this stuff. Uh, and then he finds out like that DreamWorks is going to make a movie about bugs. <laughs> and then John's like, well, what the hell, man? And he calls Jeffrey. He's like, is this true? And he's like, where'd you hear that rumor? Jeffrey says that. And he's like, okay. And he hangs up and then it's confirmed. And then John calls Jeffrey again. And it even stated this. It was like, John, who doesn't swear often, (laughs) (laughs) like tore him a new one over the phone. And it like completely severed their friendship. And then Disney was trying to get in on this whole thing and press charges or something. But they couldn't really settle on anything there. And like one of the things that, and you know, I don't know what like truly happened in the back of all this stuff. But one of the things that's kind of like makes you think a little bit is, John Laster said, if Jeffrey and DreamWorks made a movie that was about anything but what we were doing, anything but bugs, I would have paid for everyone that works at Pixar to have the day off and we'd go see that movie. But because he did that, it severed their relationship forever because it's almost like he couldn't come up with the idea. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. And then, I mean, next uh, next pod, we got Toy Story 2, which even has a craziest story. It's literally the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, but this is pretty juicy, though. If only it was for a better movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a budget of $120 million, uh, Box office, 363 So it made its money back. Uh, that's probably why they greenlit Toy Story 2. Because of, like... A, gonna sprinkle a little bit of the future uh because originally toy story 2 they were kind of like well it's gonna be like most disney sequels direct to dvd um but they kind of pitched it their way out of it uh probably because like dude look at how much money toy story 1 made in the theater we can make that for sure with toy story 2 and then it became one of the biggest franchises ever why do you think that's the case Um, you know like all all the time we see like in classic disney movies there's the big one and then you find out i'm like wait what the lion king has like four sequels um yeah what's the deal with that you know disney movies sell well on uh in media dvds vhs's i mean obviously um, i get it's probably cheaper to just do um, that's exactly it where it still does well but it's like with these big, like we're talking about the freaking Lion King, or we're talking about like, like we. I feel like these deserve, like if anything deserves a huge sequel, it would be stuff like that, wouldn't you think? I think back in the day, it would just be they really didn't want to make a lot of, which is interesting coming from Disney in the modern era, but make like pollute the stuff with just sequels. They had a bunch of great talent coming up with these original ideas that they would add. And then that leads to more merchandise and stuff like that. While they could have this smaller team using the assets from the first movie using similar, you know, they already made that movie so they can just scale it back and make this movie that goes the DVD and it still makes buku bucks because people are going to buy that. And because every kid in their freaking next door neighbor had a bunch of these Disney sequels and stuff like that at their house. Cause you just put on a movie and you just watch it on loop. 
which I don't know how I ever did that as a kid. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, like, well, I remember, or I guess I don't remember it, but my parents always talk about just that I was kind of an easy kid growing up, especially once I learned how to use like the VHS player. Cause I just watch, I'd watch Grease, I'd watch Silver Bullet and I'd watch, uh, Jaws just on repeat. That's all I would watch. Um, Oh, mom's taking a nap. Throwing that in. Oh, it's over. Mm-hmm. Rewind. Um, I guess, you know, looking back, like, I guess it worked out for the best because we did get all this original content. And in a world like it is today where we constantly just get sequels or reimagining of ideas that we already have, you know, I, I guess I guess they probably did have the right formula cooking. Um, it's just, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to me. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. For it's just sure. it's it's just um, weird how that flipped all of a sudden. You know, now it's like yeah. Disney's popping out sequels left and right. But um, I don't know. It, it, uh, I guess it'll be one of those things when we are old and telling our kids back in my day, Disney didn't used to make ninety sequels. Yeah, or well, they did, but they weren't as like nearly as. Yeah, good. I'm like we wouldn't even know about them. <laughs> <laughs> We'd find out the same time you did. We're like, what? <laughs> 40 years later. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, are we ready to jump into this motion Yeah, lay it on me, brother. A Bug's Life came out in 1998, the year that we were blessed with Nicholas Talon. That freaking scum. Oh, dude, I can't okay. wait for you to... <laughs> to <hear. laughs> we had to do an interview for Vixen, and Lonnie was talking about each of the uh, like crew members. There's some gold on there for sure when it comes to Nick, so I'm just excited for you to hear it. Legendary. He's a freaking clown. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we open, and we see Ant Island, and the music swells up, and it instantly, it's like the Ratatouille thing where I go back to my childhood. But then as soon as I go back to my childhood, I'm like, man, Toy Story was good. <laughs> <laughs> so then... <laughs> This is when we kind of get this like giant shot with a bunch of the ants, and instantly I'm like, I applaud the mm-hmm. effort on this one. Um, but yeah, we get to see this colony of ants. There are a lot of they're kind of they walk. They made the conscious choice to have them just have legs and arms. Um, they're kind of blue, pinks, purples. That's the shades that they kind of got. Um, and we're just seeing them like you see where ants are just carrying this grain or these little crumbs in a giant line that's kind of like a, um, what do they call it? Like a factory, you know? Like it's just day in, day out, this is what they're doing. And they're putting they're putting this grain on this leaf on top of a stone, and they're calling like the sacrificial stone or something like that. You're like, what the heck's going on here? Um, a little comedy bit, uh, uh, like a tree branch or something. Well, yeah, I think a leaf, leaf falls, falls on the man. ground. The dude freaks yeah. out because he can't see where the line is anymore and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, freaking brain dead idiot. Uh, but then they basically, it's funny because you get basically like traffic coming in, traffic control, and being like, all right, come around the leaf. Oh, there's the and, line. Yeah, and he doesn't want to do it. You know, he's like, oh, I, I'm not sure. I can't see anything. He's like, no, no, no. Listen, this is nothing compared to the tree of 93. Just follow me and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is uh, even right off the bat, it's like, okay, you know, they, when it comes to like the humor, Pixar always kind of is on point. They know, bring for it. Sure. Yeah, like I said, it's super clever and, you know, always gets at least a snort. Um, 
once again, this movie, along with a lot of Disney and Pixar movies, is pretty much on it's like that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be your own person um, kind of kick. And we get that with this movie as well as, I mean, how more blatant doesn't have to be with a colony of ants following a line. And then you kind of are introduced to this main character, Flick, who's got, he's this inventor guy. He's trying to cut down these stalks so that he could get more grain than just the one at a time. Um, And he's kind of out on his own path and everyone kind of looks at him like a crazy person. Um, We do see the queen ant uh, training princess Ada to be, uh, take up the crown uh, and just this is one of those things where I forget what um, like when you break down like these concepts stuff can get a little crazy <laughs> like when people talk about Toy Story and they talk about Andy going through puberty and all that stuff well think about the Queen Anne and what that how that entails with relationships with all the other ants it's just something to think about you know um but yeah so i don't understand why she's like train like i get the training part um but she's the i don't know I, i guess i don't know how ants work maybe it's true that there's just these multiple queens and then it passes down like some sort of torch. Yeah, I, I mean, I They're... also have no idea how ants work. Um, so my hands are up in the air They're... at the moment. I'm sure they're taking their liberties with it. I mean, they already made them bipedal. <laughs> um, uh, so we come back, we get Flick and Dot are talking to each other. Dot now is uh, another princess. Um, she's just a young and though, you know, she's kind of rambunctious. She likes to discover some stuff and she kind of has her and Flick have some sort of rapport and, uh, uh, Flick's kind of trying to, he gives her a rock and is like, she's kind of upset because, you know, she's being treated like a kid ever. You get that typical thing. Um, but he basically gives her a rock and he's like, act like this is a seed and one day you'll turn into a tree, that kind of thing. I gotta say, um, Dot is one of my favorite characters in this movie. I think that I agree. you know, for a kid even, I think the voice acting is great. Um, you know, I think a lot of times um, when you get like childlike characters, uh, it all just kind of sounds generic and for whatever reason, Dot's voice in this just really is kind of one of the things I remember. Um, in this movie, uh, I agree. really good voice work here, and I don't know, I'm with my child at heart, so anytime there's kind of like that, uh, uh, it's not a father-daughter relationship, but like a mentor sort of thing, I'm instantly yeah. in. Kind of like an older yeah, brother yeah. sort of thing, which is weird when you think about how her sister and Flick end up, yeah. but... Um, but yeah, Dot, I love, and then just to throw this in there with Flick, um, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I love like a good like inventor character always is making gadgets (laughs) left and right um maybe that's not my strong suit but growing up that's like there was a minute there where i wanted to be a scientist because i want to work in a lab and you know whenever i'm watching a spy movie the coolest part to me is all the gadgets you know that's a that's a pen that turns into this or to that so once i uh saw that flick is kind of this guy who's always inventing things i'm like oh yeah dude i'm freaking in but that being said, a horn blares. 
and uh, everyone starts to panic and head back to the colony. Everyone's kind of in a stampede, and Flick is kind of left behind, and as he's left behind, he starts to panic a little bit, and he's just knocking over a whole bunch of stuff with this giant contraption on his back. And unfortunately, he knocks over the wrong thing, and the offering stone tips over, and all the food lands in this little pond. Uh, which just the worst, man. That's really bad for you. Um, <laughs> not, not looking up for my man Flick after that one. Um, and so, anyways, after that, he kind of makes his way to the uh, colony, and he's trying to get the princess's attention, and no one's paying any attention. And this is when we get the grasshoppers. They show Dude, up. Dude, this shot, uh, and me, they, I thought was incredible because at this point, they all like. Once that horn goes, they all go underground into their little, uh, what, are, what are those things called? Their little ant. Um, I don't know. It's a little mountain of dirt that they make. Ant hill. Ant hill. They're like inside of this sucker <laughs> just waiting. And obviously there's like one beam of light in the middle um, with like the hole that they went. And they used to get down there, but they're all just waiting. So it's kind of dark. And all of a sudden, doosh, yeah. doosh, there's like holes and you see those light beams popping in. I'm like, oh, dude, this is freaking money. And also, yeah. even right before I... like the horn um, goes goes off and, you know, Flick is talking to whoever he's getting, you know, they're roasting him. Um, he's talking about stuff that he's, you know, <laughs> the thing that he's inventing, how much time it'll save him. There's also a moment where he takes like, a, I don't even, I think it is just a leaf or just a small one at least. Um but he like put some water on it, and that's kind of like a telescope. And then they do kind of like a yeah. fisheye lens. I want to give a shout out to that because that's like, I mean, it didn't look great, but just that idea or concept, I'm like, oh, dude, that's that's freaking cool. That's a cool way to put yeah, like, they, a new shot in there. So they do some great stuff with lighting in this movie as well. You can tell that they're kind of toying around with that. Um, but yeah, so they show up. The grasshoppers kind of notice that there's no food. And yeah, like you said, we go into this shot of them kind of busting the roof down over these ants and they all kind of fly in. And this is uh, something that they made a conscious effort about as well as adding, make, like keeping those extra limbs on the grasshoppers so they kind of look more distinct compared to the ants. They look more gross and they look more, you know, like villains than... Uh, oh, they look frightening for sure. Um yeah. And I this is one of those shots and moments that I remember vividly from watching it over and over hmm. again as a kid. Um but we're introduced to Hopper, the main baddie, uh Molt, who is his brother, who's kind of just a good guy, honestly. And then uh Thumper, who's like the 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 freak on a leash, baby. Hmm. Um But yeah, so Hopper's basically given his whole spiel about where's all this going. We, we we need the food. He's no he's giving him the strong arm routine to Princess Ada. Uh and then Flick comes forward and lets him know that it's his fault. Um and then they kind of uh make an example out of Flick a little bit. Um and kind of embarrass him even more, even though the whole kind of colony has their thoughts about Flick already. Um but the whole thing is that they need to make sure that they can get food to these grasshoppers before the raining season starts. I was um, kind of shocked just at this point because, like, Hopper even, like, grabs the little girl and is, like, scaring her. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. This is, that's kind of when Flick steps in and says, hey, leave her alone. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so thankful I remember... he didn't hit him 
with the why don't you pick on somebody your own size because it was leaning that way yeah but uh yeah I, I just thought i was like wow that's a bold choice you know he picks most of the most of the stuff with hopper i think is in my brain because as a kid that kind of makes an impact on you when you see a villain like this mm-hmm. for the first time you know he because like if you think about toy story i mean uh who's the villain besides woody and we kind of already brought that sid, up but like sid and sit and yeah it's like you've seen kids like that before so it wasn't really that big of a deal um but hopper's like straight up mob boss sort mm-hmm. of mentality here um uh but yeah so they basically have to get food the uh, grasshoppers are going to give them till the raining season to get them food and the whole problem is is if they get them food before the raining season there may not be any food mm-hmm. for the ants so that's this whole thing. And then they kind of fly out with their little, um, their wings or whatever. Uh, and then we kind of get the trial of Flick, where Flick's kind of put on trial for this, honestly, pretty bad move, Flick, knocking over that yeah, thing. Yeah, because uh, not only does not, it just fall not off the good. little cliff or hill that they're on, but yeah. it goes, like, in water. So they just can't even oh. do anything. It's just <laughs> not good. Um <laughs> Uh, they, uh, this is when Flick kind of, uh, brings up the idea of not getting, giving them food and, uh, getting people to kind of fight against the grasshoppers, protect the colony, that sort of thing. And then they're all like, well, who's going to go, who's going to go do this? And then Flick's like, well, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go get them. And then they're like, well, that's a terrible idea because then you might die and all this stuff. But then. They kind of whisper in the princess's ear, and they're like, "No, just let him freaking go, get him out of this colony." And then um, she's like, "Okay, yeah, go ahead, flick." And they all kind of uh, mess around, and then uh, like with them, and say that they give him like a week or whatever. <laughs> uh, and he kind of gets his little backpack together. He gets kind of a little couple of his inventions, and he goes the head off into the um, into the unknown from Frozen Two. I hope not. Uh, and then uh, he kind of talks the dot on his way out, and all the kids. And I remember the ki- there's like these other Damn, kids. Yeah, dude, he gets freaking roasted. Like, really, dude? I, my no- it's like my man's. <laughs> these kids I are know, my alive. only note right here just says little kids suck. <laughs> yeah, it's like what a freaking. He says, nightmare. "You see what I did to that food? Because um, you're next." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and those kids come back up later too yeah it was kind of shocking to me Uh, like i just it was i didn't even think about it but like from this moment on where he goes off to find these warriors to like protect them i'm like oh my gosh dude pixar just did seven samurai that's literally what this is (laughs) i know i'm like oh my gosh this is this is hilarious i didn't even i literally didn't even think about it until this moment um also on a side note um do you, are, were you shocked at all? Maybe you shocked. Not the, I guess I'm surprised that they chose grasshoppers to be kind of the villain-like bugs. It's based on a fable called the Ant oh, and Grasshopper. Okay. So I'm an idiot. Sure. <laughs> in in that fable, in that fable though, it's kind of more like it has like kind of like a happier ending where they learn to work with each other. So they definitely just ran with it like. No, what if they don't ask for the food? What if they just take mm-hmm. it straight out? And that's where they kind of got this whole mob boss sort of you're paying for your protection sort of thing. Um, 
uh, at this time, we cut to the circus and we get introduced to the actual good yeah, thank God. in this movie. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oof, I'm like, if I'm just relying on Dot here, this is a rough time. <laughs> but yeah, we get we get Dim, Rosie. I can't remember everyone's name. Uh, I remember as a kid, though, I loved... Uh, oh, man, what what's his name? The, the Stick, Stick Bug great. was my favorite. You know, I gotta dude. say, also, yeah, this, he was... these circus characters is maybe my most disappointing part of this movie. Um, like I said, I hadn't, I can't even remember the last time I saw this movie. So it was kind of like fresh eyes. And anytime you walk around and you see like just the disc covers for a bug's life, you get flick and sometimes you get like the caterpillar. Um, and I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, dude, the caterpillar, I know it's gonna rock, dude. That's the dude. That's the dude. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, I kind of hate that guy. That's like, wait, you don't like, that's one of my least favorite characters in the movie. Oh my God. No, dude, he's a yeah. beautiful butterfly, dude. Just let Luca. Luca. You there? What happened? Luca. You you did the whole eh, I got a oh, phone eh, call. Except my grandma <laughs> calling me to wish me happy birthday. So I said, F that grandma. <laughs> um Oh, favorite character. Okay, you were talking um, about your favorite. Easily the ladybug. Francis. Oh, yeah. Francis, Are you kidding me? Love it. Anyway, I don't want to spoil <laughs> anything later. Uh, but I will say that, yeah, these, these characters for sure, are, they, they bring the movie back. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's I, I don't remember all their names, but we're just introduced to that. They're this circus. A bunch of flies are watching them, um, and they kind of suck. Um, P.T. Flea is the leader of the – he's the ringmaster, and that's where we get the Ratzenberger, um, uh, whatever his name is, uh, the goat in all the Pixar one. movies. Um, that's his – oh, it's fantastic. Um but we get we there's like a praying mantis, there's a moth, there's the rhinoceros beetle, there's the black widow, uh, there's like you said the ladybug, there's, there's the, the two twins bug, that don't speak the English, caterpillar, <laughs> the pill bugs, there's a yeah, spider, the pill bug, um, oh you said okay, yeah the black widow, um, but yeah so they they each have their own little thing and they all kind of <laughs> suck to be honest with you. Um, there, it's our, it's our, it's our group of misfits. You know, we're introduced to the group of misfits, uh, and then PT Flea kind of makes it like, all right, the final act, we got to get them all back together. The the flies are making fun of Ladybug. They're just being rambunctious idiots as well. But they decide to do this line of. I also got to say before we even get trick. to this like kind of final it, trick. There's some awesome moments here. You get, you know, you get your your dude's time to shine. You know, the the stick character um, basically goes up and he's asking for like a bigger part in the story, um, and he's like, "I really think that I can, I can, you know, bring something to the table here. I've been trying all these different things to work on my acting." He's like, "Every time we do something, you just use me as a stick, or I'm just a tree," and he's like, "You're a walking <laughs> stick." which is just, that was money to me. Um, and the crowd is like flies. But I, I thought that this was hilarious because... Uh, yeah. Are they flies or mosquitoes? I think they're flies. Um, but, like, 
Obviously, they're the flies. show sucks. They're flies. And then one of them says, I only got 24 hours to live, and I'm not going to waste a year. <laughs> <laughs> live. <laughs> yeah, and it's even like they do like a whole thing where it's like, you're, oh, you're making the maggots cry. And then it goes up, and there's like these two freaking maggots. Um, it's great. Like I said, there's – and one – now I, it just dawned on me right this second. Uh, we get like a lot of – and it will probably never happen because Bugs Life is not one of their more successful properties. But we get sequels mm-hmm. to pretty much almost every single Pixar movie, right? Especially the ones from this early run. Uh, and it always was weird to me that Bugs Life never got a sequel. And I was kind of always thinking, like, well, what could it be? And, dude, like, it's right in our faces. Mm-hmm. You just follow the freaking circus. And you come up with some plot where they're the main character. But whatever, we'll probably never get that. But, yeah, the circus is great. The line of matches trick. I mean, you could guess. These guys are a bunch of just failures and uh they something goes wrong something makes the wrong call and the trick goes haywire and the (laughs) the fleet my favorite part is like he gets Mm -hmm. launched at the like sticking paper and then he finally gets off and he's happy and the thing falls on him and catches on fire and it's like i was like dang dude i i thought thought he died i was like farther than that but he lives so because this, yeah, they, they have like, this whole elaborate I, I trick. Really did. Know, I there's like a ring of fire, and then there's like uh, the fly sticky paper, or whatever the sticky paper. What are those even? What are those supposed to catch? Anyway, um, uh, there's that whole bugs. thing. But then there's like a line that's basically leading to that sticky paper. So somebody's gonna get stuck to it, and they'll have to get off before it catches on fire. Um, and not only is this just the whole elaborate thing um going on but they're also blindfolded so something goes wrong immediately and then he says no and then somebody's like oh he said go so then it starts and then he basically gets put in the <laughs> in the trick and he gets stuck to the paper and we see the fires getting closer to him he gets off finally but yes you're right the the sticky paper catches on fire but then it instantly falls right on top of him and i'm like oh my god uh <laughs> They lift it up, and he's just sitting My there. My man's it's dead. Like the classic, like Looney Tunes. He's just like black all over with ash. Um, I don't know. I thought it might yeah. have been bold if they would have killed him there, uh, but they pulled a Rise of Skywalker. On us. <laughs> um, but this one actually worked out because he's a great character. So yeah. whatever. It's true. Uh, here is kind of when it cuts to uh, the shot, kind of showing where they're at, and it's just the trailer. Um, but that means that there's kind of like this, there's all sorts of bugs living around this. They're in the outdoors. Um, I, I'm not sure where exactly the story takes place either. Um, because it's not like they're getting food before Mm -hmm. winter. They're just getting food before it rains. So maybe it's in a spot where winter's not really that big of a deal. I don't know. Uh, but this is when we get that classic moment that I feel is one of the more famous, scenes from a bug life and it has nothing to do with anything but it's like i'm the convinced two bugs that that like, oh, don't go. scene don't look at the light. is what influenced the movie bird box he's freaking looking at that light and he's like no don't go his, his buddy's like don't stop going to it. he's like i can't stop looking it's so beautiful and he goes right into the freaking yeah mm-hmm. uh that's freaking <laughs> money dude Little trivia: Those two are John Lasseter and Andrew Stanton. Um, but yeah, like this, this is the one that I feel like 
is the big thing from this it, and it's just a little side gag it reminds me of the uh the whole aliens sort of <laughs> thing in toy story with the claw and everything like that i it always gave me those <laughs> vibes even as a kid but i always laughed as a kid um then we cut and flick is arriving at this i mean city pretty much a uh, lot of interesting kind of just once again just clever stuff how the whole city's kind of laid out and everything how it would be from um like a bug's perspective and they even talked about that in some of the, like the behind the scenes stuff that i was where they would they build like these they built something out of like legos where they could attach a camera to it and like take it through the grass and stuff like that to kind of get the bugs perspective. And that's how they got like that's a lot of their ideas for insane. shots and stuff like that, um, which is interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, so you get kind of like the whole thing, the traditional new town guy in a new town sort of feel where it's showing you showcasing a bunch of different stuff happening around uh, the city. This is where we get the A one one three. It's on a breakfast, uh, like cereal box or something. I think this like, honestly, this is going to sound like bad, and maybe um, this is why the movie didn't land for me. But this whole scene coming up, I think, is the best part of the movie. Um, you get you get so. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think the city is way more interesting because they're like in than trash. The actual much. story, so like that open happens. cans, is like where the bar is. Like it's it's all like like. Yeah, it's just the whole the whole city itself is freaking awesome, and you get just all these gags back to back that I just think are like so smart. Um, like Flick is walking through this town, and there's yeah. like a homeless person holding up a sign that said "Kid pulled off my wings," um, mm-hmm. and then right next to him, there's like another yeah. bug with a white face, and you can tell he's supposed to be a mime, so he's like not speaking at all, uh, and he's just copying yeah. what he's doing. And I'm like, man, they really thought of everything here because this is awesome. That's what I'm saying. Like, it it feels like mm-hmm. this is a Pixar movie. Like when they go to the town and you get this interesting world where uh, it flips what you think about certain things on its head. You know, like um, like it reminds me of like Toy Story 3 with the daycare. Like, man, that makes perfect sense. Like, of course they would tell a story in a daycare because there's just toys everywhere. Um, Or like at like, you know, it's just, it seems like one of those things where it's like, yeah, cars with racing, of course that ties together. Um, Monsters Inc. and the Scare Factory, like that big kind of world building moment in the Mm -hmm. movie is pretty much the crux of the movie. Like, that's where a lot of the movie takes place. And the same thing here where the city is so interesting and it's such, like, a cool idea. But then we end up spending most of the movie on this anthill that's kind of boring. And Man, I feel like he really just now dirt that I'm on the ground, it, you know? I think he hit the nail on the um, head here. I think that's probably the problem with it is that the whole, you know, this is, how long is this part of the movie? Maybe 10, 10 15 minutes. And then the whole 15, rest of it, we're just yeah. sitting there in freaking dirt, dude. We're just sitting in this open area. Uh, well, uh, and also it's like, because, yeah, it's like, like, it's like if Coco, in Coco, right, he goes to the, the land of the dead for 15 mm-hmm. minutes, and then he's like, that's not the actual story of the movie. Like, that's what I feel like is a bug's life. And, of course, they're dealing with, limitations and things like that so i get it but uh i feel like there's a better movie here that could i'm been, not gonna say you know, one of i'm the not Pixar throwing grades. shade at my man um, actually i might not even bring it up until he comes on the pot but did, did our guy 
Brad Bird fall into the same trap? Because the rumors of Tomorrowland is that they're only hanging out there for like 10 minutes. And people are like, what? I have, I have I, purposely it's just, avoided That's the main thing that I hear about it, which I think some like in so horror I movies, this sort of thing works when you don't see the monster until then or you only get a little taste of it. Um, but in a movie where, you know, the world is so important, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think we're onto something here. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting as well with these uh, animated movie directors going to direct live action. Uh, but it's weird where Brad Bird, Loved I mean, it. he directed Mission Impossible 4, and that's phenomenal. But like like Andrew Stanton, uh, co-director on this, who went forward and did, you know, The Goats, Wally. Um, and he also did uh, some other movie called Finding Nemo. Um, he went on and directed John Carpenter oh, or like, whatever the freaking movie's John called. Carpenter? John Carter of Mars. <laughs> John Carter. Like, how does that the work? Freaking Mars movie. <laughs> um, he, he gave birth to him. Um, but yeah, so like it's weird. These kind of. Like I mean, the man made Wally, dude, and then he goes yeah, the and man literally makes made John Carter, the guy who directed Halloween and the Thing. It's like, how do you how do you beat that? Yeah, I mean, um, how can you get better I, than that? To steer back to the city, so we so get we're in even the city. <laughs> like we talked about the mime and the homeless person and all this cool stuff. We get into the restaurant, and it's even better because we see like a table of flies. You know, waitress comes up. And, you know, ask for their order and they ask for the poo poo platter. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? We then go to and they just demolish it, by the way. It's like instant, which is awesome. And then uh, we cut to the bar and there's a mosquito who just looks like he's having the worst day of his life. And he orders a Bloody Mary, which is just Bloody Mary. Oh, negative. That it almost is frustrating. It's one of those things that I think is so funny and so smart that I don't even yeah. laugh. I'm just like, I can't even believe it. Yeah, yeah. And how even even in the bar, like the tables and stuff are up on the walls and stuff too, because bugs can just stick to the wall. Yep. Like it's just that. Yeah, we yeah. should probably we just hit stop the nail on the head. Why even talk about <laughs> the movie anymore? <laughs> But anyways, uh, the flies uh, that Ladybug kind of picked a fight with in the circus kind of show up here. And we kind of get the whole bar fight sort of scenario. Um, And Francis and them, they all kind of just cause, once again, just like our man Flick, cause a disaster. Um, But after this whole fight, the circus people come out on top. And this is when Flick walks in. So immediately thinks that these people are fighters, that they are warriors, and he's he thinks he found the group. These are the people that will protect us on an island. Um, you and know, I think that this is the way that they even direct this scene is really cool too, because you know it's kind of told from two different perspectives. Because obviously, I think Flick is at the bar because as soon as he sit like sits there, that's when the mosquito like falls out of his chair. So he's just looking from across the room. And then we get the the other side of it when um, I forgot what type of bugs come up and start, you know, giving them a hard time. Flies. They come up, they're giving them a hard time. They're flies. And nobody really does anything. And as soon as they take a couple steps away, they kind of come up with a plan. No, we're going to stick up to them. 
and you know they pull out swords and you know then they start to threaten them so then a crowd forms around him and then flick can't see what's going on but he just sees that there's like some action going on um and it ends up actually going horrible because you know the the swords instantly break um because don't they even use the stick dude as one of the swords which is even it's even better yeah yeah Um, yep I don't know. I think that it's just so smart and it's so fun. And like we said earlier, the this location is inside of like a tin can. Um, and you know, once the fighting happens, I don't. I don't even know how the thing starts moving. Um, pretty much. So then everybody's yeah, just, just you know rolling, rolling all over around. the place, and it finally hits something. And at that point, everybody's pretty much wiped out. Um, but once Flick kind of runs uh, to the can again and um, steps inside, he sees that there's all these bodies, you know, they almost make like a mountain because they're all laying there and there's stuff all over the place. But the only people standing are these circus bugs. And, you know, they're standing in this awesome, like, yeah. form. it almost looks like the freaking New Hope poster or something. Um and he's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I found my warriors. Um, so at this point of the movie, I'm like in. I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? This is awesome. These characters rock. They save the day. I was nervous at first. Um, yeah, I just I, this is the best part of the movie for me. And it, it kind of upsets me that we kind of go back to because, I mean, the rest of it's fine. It's almost like two different stories going on here. Um and anytime we're like around the circus yeah. and or bugs, we're rolling on all cylinders. But anytime it's just the normal grasshopper ant little dilemma, it makes me think uh, I'm gonna pause this and go and grab something to eat really fast. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, he basically convinces them to come back uh, to. Um, Ant Island with them and that they need them there on the colony. They think that they just need entertainment. Flick thinks that these people are going to kill the grasshoppers. Um, at this point, we check back in on the island. Stuff is going about as usual. Um, they're hoarding this food and putting it up on the rock just to get ready. Um, at this point, though, uh, they do they use that uh, what is it called? the little telescope thing and they see flick coming back flick's coming back everyone thought he was dead no one no one ever expected to see my mans again but guess what he's coming back and he's got the warriors with him uh as they show up he's kind of talking to princess ada and they do the whole thing where he's kind of halfway in between what he what he expects from him and what they expect from him, where it's just vague enough where they think that that's just how ants talk and stuff like that. Um, But then like everyone's applauding them and they're all happy that they're there to come uh, defeat the grasshoppers. And they're just happy because they just want the adoration of the audience. Really. That's what all the circus people really want. Um, And then at this point they kind of have like this, uh, I don't want to, it's not like a press conference, but it's like one of those things where all of the circus people are up towards the front with the princess and the queen and all of that. And then all of the rest of the colony is kind of up there, like watching them. But then uh, the, one of the older ants comes by and he seems to be like one of the school teachers. And he says that the, oh man, what's, what is it? It's like elementary class of 
whatever is here to perform and they do like something super clever where it's like yes this is the third grade class of left tunnel uh and something like that but i freaking love that um but then the kids perform this kind of play based on uh the circus the warriors defeating these grasshoppers and this mighty battle that will take place uh and then at the end one of the kids that's kind of dressed up as the caterpillar is like has like they're not all gonna make it out alive and then he like dies and then everyone then the circus people start to realize yeah, well like even one of the kids afterwards like brings up like a painting for them and it's literally like in bl- it's like a bloody mural yeah 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 <laughs> this war scene and i'm just like oh my gosh dude, yeah i love this it this is freaking crazy um as, and then Flick is kind of brought into the loop here too, where they're not who they think that he's not. They're not who he thinks they are. But we get this cool like over the crowd shot. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? It looks like a drone shot where it's like behind the back of the crowd, and mm-hmm. you see like Flick and the princess in the front, right? And it's like this revelation shot where the camera flies over the top of the crowd. And lands on like Flick's face as he has like a moment yeah. of realization. And I was like, holy crap, that was actually pretty nice. Um, and there's some cool camera stuff in this as well. But because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's still a Pixar movie at the end of the day. Um, so then they basically ask for a moment of Flick's time. And then Flick basically explains to the princess that, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, we're just going to have a meeting over here and uh, don't come over here. And then. Uh, she's like, wait, I feel like I should be involved in this meeting. Um, but then basically they are like, look, man, we got to get out of here. This isn't what we signed up for. And then Flick's like, wait, you can't leave. Um, and then they start to leave anyways. And then that's when the princess comes over and starts bugging him. And he's trying to do the thing where he's looking through the leaves and he's blocking so that they can't see them leaving. And then he's like, okay, give me one second. And then he closes the grass or whatever. It's pretty much like the door and just runs off towards them as well. And then uh, she kind of looks in and they're all gone. She's like, what's going on here? Uh, Dot uh, is on top of like a dandelion sort of thing. Uh, And she's kind of looking out, looking for Flick. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, she starts to float on one of the little... um, I don't know yeah, what, the ones they, that you, what to call them. They're like, like the, the seeds, things that you, you know what I'm talking about. They're not a little white, yeah. Um, yeah. Which yeah, I guess like we a failed dead to say earlier, but when Flick originally leaves after he was getting roasted by the kids, that's what he uses to kind of, because they're kind of in a, they're they're on the top yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a, there's like a valley an between um, where they're at and the rest of the, like the, the normal grass. There's just this whole dirt. Um, center part that kind of goes down and he uses mm-hmm. that to kind of fly in the air but we come back to it later and die accidentally kind of does the same thing so now she's just flying however high up in the air above them uh yeah and then uh so the circus bugs start to fly off and flick kind of jumps on and grabs a hold like it's a and i love how they make uh uh, dim the rhinoceros <laughs> beetle like how it sounds like he's a helicopter i thought that was freaking great um but yeah so then we get this whole chaotic mess happening right um and uh everyone's in the air everyone's freaking out 
and they basically kind of crash land or they do something and they end up on the other side on the outskirts of Ant Island and they run into a bug's worst the bird. nightmare. The bird. And I remember these bird scenes very vividly because it always kind of freaked me out because mm-hmm. it's very claustrophobic when the bird starts looking at them. They do a great thing with perspective here uh, and even at the end as well, which we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, basically the bird starts to cause them issues and they don't want to be eaten by the bird. So then they're all flying away. They're trying to escape the bird, but then they notice that Dot is here floating and the, she's in danger of the bird as well. So then they come up with this quick plan on the fly um, to distract the bird so that they can get Dot out of harm's way. That being said, the plan, of course, goes awry because they can't do anything right, these poor folks. Um, and uh, my man's Heimlich <laughs> gets stuck in the little plates. I don't even know what that is. It's like dirt yeah, there's... ground, right? But it's like broken up. And then underneath the dirt ground is more ground, but it's kind of like plates. Yeah, I don't, I don't even land know. Just land above um... other land. I don't even know. It's it's kind of tough to describe um, what the ground is like. I mean, I guess it's kind of like I don't even know. It's like almost like a sheet of ice that's like been stepped on or broken. So yeah. it's like sheets of this dirt or just that's what the ground yeah. is. But obviously there's um, like between two sheets there's like this path underneath. So they're kind of underneath these big sheets so the bird can't necessarily get to them but they're still under, you know, they're right in harm's way for sure. Yeah, and you can tell I didn't really pay attention I mean, we to geology when it comes to stuff like that. In the desert. So. Uh, <laughs> in a desert. Uh, so that being said, the plan does go awry, but it still works. And they're able to kind of recover from this and save Dot. And as they kind of land back and bring Dot back to uh, Ant Island, everyone's applause. They're just having a, having a good old adoration fest for you gotta these, love a good adoration uh, fest. warriors we'll call them uh uh but after this whole tragic situation like i don't know how you come back from this if you die you know um flick kind of comes up with the idea uh, of we build a bird and then the bird We'll yeah, because somebody even said, you know, that's where he gets the ideas. Somebody says, away. you know, it's a good thing you guys got rid of the bird, but, you know, um, we know that the grasshoppers are, you know, afraid of birds as well. So it's kind of, you know. Yeah, because as they're down in the colony, him and Princess Ada kind of have a little flirtatious back mm-hmm. and forth. And that's when she kind of brings that up, the whole bird thing. Um, and they're kind of right outside this room that's holding... Um, where like the circus people are staying and ladybug hurt uh for francis hurt his leg um and it kind of became like this de- what is a den mother for the blueberries which is like the girl scouts of the um the ants and they each want they want everyone wants their autographs and they're like signing on this leaf for a bunch of them uh but then flick kind of barges in and this is when he explains to them he has an idea where they don't even need to be here once it's like enacted. They can leave. Um, 
and they're kind of like, well, do we want to leave? All that stuff. But they have the idea to build the bird, and this is when uh, we get this cool kind of montage where it's Flick explaining the plan, and then it fades uh, to um, someone else talking to people about the plan, and then it fades to Ada talking about the whole colony continuing the plan, and it's like this cool kind of trickle effect where you see them convincing the entire colony all while cross-fading the person talking on the exact same spot. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Money that I have written down I thought well. that was great. Uh, and yeah, we get we get the typical montage of them building up this bird. And I will say, uh, when like since it has been a while since I watched this, I like once they get once the circus people get to the island for the first time, I like pause it to go to the bathroom or whatever, and I notice that I'm only a half an hour in. <laughs> like, what the heck? I the same thing. The rest you know, I felt like I <laughs> and I completely. I forgot that they build like this giant bird, and then as soon as they started building it, it all came back to me. I was thinking the same but thing. I totally, you know, it I took me more than one day to finish too, and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty far into this, you know. And then I I pause it, and I'm like, are you kidding me? There's another hour. I'm only 35 minutes into this thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're in the same boat there. Okay, but that being said. Um, the bird is built. This is when we cut back to Hopper for the first time in about 30 minutes or 40 minutes or so. And he's kind of in uh, like a sombrero in the middle of the desert. He kind of hijacked this mosquito family's house, like home. Um, and he's kind of making it their own. They got this giant bottle with all their grain in it. Uh, they're like at the bar with water droplets and they're drinking the water. Um, and then Molt kind of gets convinced to talk to Hopper because none of the grasshoppers really want to go back. Because mm-hmm. it's like, why do this extra stuff when we already have all we need? Uh, but then uh, he, they kind of convince Molt to go tell Hopper that it was his idea so that they don't get in trouble if Hopper doesn't like it. Uh, so Molt goes and he talks to him and Hopper's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, what a great idea. And then he goes out there and kind of gives this whole, he's like, who doesn't want to go back? And everyone kind of raises their hand. And they're like talking. They're like, oh, it's just ants. What are they going to do? And all this stuff. And then we kind of get like this cool thing, I thought, where he like gets, he opens up the bottle and he gets like one of the grains and he throws it at the guy. He's like, did that hurt? He's like, no. And he's laughing. And they get another one. And then he, they, he throws it at them. And he's like, did that hurt? And they're like, no. And then he just opens the bottle and let it free, throw, free flow all over the people. Um, and it pretty much crushes them. And then he's like, this is what happens when we let one ant believe that they can make a difference. I was like, oh, this is kind of, you know, it's good visual, good visual storytelling here. I appreciate this. For sure. Which makes me wish that Hopper I mean, when he's, when he's there, the he, a little he definitely, bit more. you know, kind of steals um, the screen for sure. It's such a, um, yeah, I think this is a great little evil villain monologue for sure. Um, but yeah, he basically lets them know that they are going back and they're going to basically show these ants who's boss and they all fly off and they go out on their merry way. Um, we cut back to Ant Island and they're having a party. They're happy. They got the plan. They believe it's going to work. 
They got some new friends, and they're just having a blast. People are dancing. We got lights set up. Um, I love how they use, like, the glowing mushrooms and stuff as, like, little flashlights and little lights like that. I think that's clever. Once again, Pixar knows how to... That's what I'm saying, man. Like, these little world-building stuff. I'm like, man, I wish it was just more than just this island. (laughs) Um, But uh, everyone's having a great time until that son of a P.T. Flea shows up. He rides up with his little carnival cart. Basically throws down a little wanted poster saying, "Has anyone yeah, seen I mean, these?" This thing's Flick pretty runs tall, over. He's kind of jumping up, trying to basically the same block size out. as the whole side of this like carnival car. So he's like trying to grab the corners and lift it up, you know, raise it almost like a teacher's. Um, uh, what would it be? You know, little things they pull down. It's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that thing. He's like, yeah, like the looking at the crowd while sort of things thing. are behind him. He's uh-huh. trying to lift it up. He's like, what? No, that's nothing. And obviously, all the pictures of each circus animal, or not animal, or a bug, are um, are on there. And it's yeah, so it's a nightmare. Yeah. So at this point, everyone is uh, privy to the thought that. Um, all these bugs in, and Flick have been lying and people think that Ada's been lying about them too, uh, about them being warriors and all this stuff. Uh, of course, we get the moment, we get the drama of basically them and Ada turning against Flick. Basically, you lied to me, all this sort of stuff. Uh, Flick kind of gets sad boy hours and um, they kind of exile them from the island and uh flick kind of joins the circus cart with them and he's kind of looking sad boy hours out the back as they continue on this unfortunately could not have happened at a worse time because as soon as the circus Mm -hmm. people leave the grasshopper people are coming and they kind of make as they show up they just make a fool out of everyone they're basically um Hunting them down, honestly. We get kind of the scene where Dot is getting chased uh, through the... Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Well, Dot kind of finds the hiding spot. I don't even know what... Where are they even in? Yeah. Some sort of plant, know, it's like a, but it, like, like there's one long piece of grass or something. Um, it's kind of... Yeah. Not folded over, but there's a little opening. So, like, her and all the other, like, younger bugs are all hiding yeah. in this little plant yeah it's like it's the blueberries it's the girl scouts uh and then doc comes up with a plan uh she's got to basically get flick and as she gets out she runs into thumper the crazy grasshopper and we have a little chase down uh she kind of gets chased all the way up to this cliff and then Thumper kind of scares her off of it, and you think uh, Dot's dead there for a second. But Dot is a queen ant, which means that she can fly, baby. She's got her baby wings, and she flies off, and she's flying, and she's flying. And we cut back to the circus uh, bugs. I almost said animals as well. Uh, the circus bugs, and they're kind of trying to cheer Flick up. You know, he's sad boy hours. Um Oh, and he's just, totally just defeated. Not you know, Flicks, he's just sitting there Flicks not the saying a word. And um, honestly, this isn't the first time that he's been in this scenario. So, <laughs> but <laughs> but at this moment, at his most dire time, 
Dot flies in, shows up, and uh, basically gives Flick a sort of motivational speech and tells him that the grasshopper showed up and everything's in chaos. Uh, and then he's still kind of sad, but then she gives him a rock and kind of repeats sort of what Flick said at the beginning. Uh, and this kind of in, like adds some inspiration to Flick. Uh, he starts brainstorming, but it's funny because it cuts back to the other bugs and they're like what's with the rock and then they're like oh it must be an ant thing um so then they come up with this he's like all right i have an idea and they basically turn that whole freaking circus thing around i'm gonna so help me if you ask one more time i'm turning this van around uh and then they turn the van around uh and then we cut back and we're seeing how the grasshoppers pretty much took over ant island they got the queen and the princess by them um but one thing that I forgot to mention is that while Dot is in the little safe zone, she kind of overhears these grasshoppers talking about their plan. And they talk about once they get the food, he hoppers are going to crush the queen just to leave a message for these ants. So they're always scared of them for perpetuity. Um, so that's why he has the queen up by him is because he want to make sure that he keeps an eye on her at all times. Uh, as Flick gets back into um they kind of pull up with the circus and they just play it off like they're they're a circus uh and that they're here to uh, the the princess kind of called for them to entertain the grasshoppers as their guests uh, and at first hopper's not really for it but eventually just gets you know what because the pill the pill bug twins are just beating each other up and he thinks that it's funny so they basically let him go with it um P.T. Flea is also kind of tied up in the back of this thing, uh, so he's not really privy to the plan. Um, but that's going to be saved for later. It's kind of a Chekhov's gun there. Uh, as, as, the cir- as the circus is kind of putting on the show for the grasshoppers and distracting them, uh, the blueberries and Flick kind of sneak up, up the tree to the bird uh, that they kind of s- uh, stored in the tree. Um, and some of the ants that are kind of in a sort of prison camp or looking up and saying like, Hey, hey we got, don't lose hope. Um, and what did I even write, dude? Like I said, there's some chicken scratch notes that I'm looking at, dude. Uh, but anyways, they sneak up to the bird and they get in the bird and, uh, they plan on just, uh, going along with the plan. Interesting thing that I've completely forgot about. Uh, is that the the climax kind of takes place at night? Um, and for some yeah, reason, I had yeah. it in my I brain mean, my entire this, life. This, the way that, that they kind of the built up this moment too is pretty cool. Um, because while there's the distraction going on, they go up to um, you know get this bird to kind of scare all the grasshoppers um, off. I think it's done pretty tastefully, just in the sense of that there's kind of a lot of suspense going on because not only is all this going on at the same time and, you know, we're getting even the perspective of some of the ants who look up and they see them climbing up the tree, but we also find out that it's supposed to rain soon and the, what they've built this bird out of will completely fall apart. Um, Yeah. So it's like, Oh, they added just a whole nother their plan. And it's like that they're obviously it's fun whenever the audience knows something that they don't and you're like, no, don't. And you know, you got all these different emotions going on. So I will say that this whole scene as well is done very, very well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think the climax of this movie is actually great. Uh, but it, it's kind of like you get what a solid mm-hmm. half an hour out of an hour movie that's entertaining, you know. Um, but yeah, I think the climax of this movie is awesome because they do launch the bird. The they're able to before they launch the bird though they're able the circus is able to enact a plan to sneak the queen away from Hopper, uh, and they basically put on a magic trick, do some prestige sort of thing and get uh, the queen out of there. A uh, hopper, as he becomes kind of aware of what's happening, the bird is launched, uh, and everyone they basically set up like a megaphone in the bird too, which I think is funny, um, and they're calling and making noise, so everyone just starts freaking out. We're talking like everyone, because uh, some people aren't aware of the plan, but they the ants start to become aware that this is the bird that is above them, and the grasshoppers are just freaking out, and they go do some cool stuff of just flying around and. They, uh, the circus animals kind of put on a show and use some of the jelly to act like they're uh, getting hurt. Like the stick, uh, I, I forgot what his name is, Twig or something. Uh, he acts like he's missing his eye and then Heimlich acts like yeah, he's missing like his blood, head and stuff like, like that. They've, they've so everyone starts of, to freak yeah, out. It's but, awesome. Yeah. Um, but as this is happening, uh, P.T. Flea is kind of freed from the back of the circus wagon and he doesn't know what the plan is so he just thinks that this bird's terrorizing everyone so he comes up with the plan using a similar tactic to how the uh, yeah, light, yeah because the, fire the, trick the bird accidentally lights kind of goes too low at one point and like knocks over the circus um like truck yeah or, and you know that that that's when he's freed and he looks up and he yep. sees the bird he's like oh you know you're not ruining my circus so then yeah and you're just like god damn it <laughs> you know, it just never works out for these people. It's like freaking Scooby Doo. Yeah. Always come up with these plans and they never uh, so work yeah. out the way they're supposed to. Yep. Yeah, it just comes just just short. Um, uh, but yeah, at that point, the bird kind of gets blown up and they become the grasshoppers kind of understand what's going on here. Um, and uh, this is when hopper starts becoming super mob boss sort of mentality and makes an example out of flick and he beats him up and i remember this vividly because i remember flick with like the black eye and everything as a kid uh ada interrupts and basically is pleading for him to stop you ever see the movie lawless uh, and all this jazz Um, i was gonna say he gives him the shia labeouf treatment right here but no anyway but basically they give a speech that kind of riles up all the ants and lets them know that uh, look at how many ants we have and how many there are to you. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Basically the fear that Hopper had about them kind of doing that. And then, so then the ants basically turn on the grasshoppers and they start basically destroying them for the most part so a lot of the grasshoppers leave except Hopper yeah it's a great you know it's a great cowards because this, this is kind of another behind. that evil villain um, monologue but even though flick has just gotten beaten up he still kind of pulls out the rocky and stands up again and doesn't kind of back down and just points out how many yeah. ants there are compared to them um good good climax rocks so i'm gonna say I will say that it also looks awesome where uh, just how everything's kind of staged and blocked here with Hopper mm-hmm. 
uh, giving all of his kind of speeches and stuff in front of the fire. So when he's kind of talking, the fire's out of focus in the background, and it adds like some cool lighting elements to the scene, I think, which is uh, like I was talking about. They're definitely testing some lighting stuff in this movie as well. Um, but as they kind of tie down Hopper and come out, come up with this plan to uh, get rid of him or whatever, I can't remember exactly. Yep. They want to shoot him. They want to put him in the cannon and just shoot him away, I guess. Um, but uh, he kind of shoot, as and then uh, as they think that everything's good and that and once again, I had one of those moments where I was like. <laughs> Wait, so now we still got like 20 minutes left. What's going on now? Um, yep. it's, it's, it starts to rain. And I think this is done awesome as well. The whole rain scene. Oh, everybody's it's like the end of the world for the sound these ants. Make it sound like bombs um, are going off. Every... The... Yeah. yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. And like how... Uh, and how they kind of get stuck up in the droplets and stuff like that is awesome. But uh, Hopper kind of comes up with this plan to shoot himself um, at because everyone's panicking and going everywhere. They he kind of like launches himself towards Flick instead and grabs him and starts to fly away. And this leads to another chase um, where they're just kind of flying up through the tree, and it's kind of cool visually. And I love when. Uh, I forgot who's flying with the twig, but they, oh, he kind of says they're flying through the tree, like gets swapped out for a branch at one point. And then they look back and like, I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, I don't know. I can't see him. Either. Yeah. Well, cause he's, he's like, like, where are you? He's like, his voice right here. He's like, I literally can't tell where you're at. He's like, I'm the only branch with eyes. You fool. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Let- a legend but that being said um it's ada right ada comes up with something to get flick back but flick comes up with the idea of leading hopper to the bird the bird that terrorized him earlier in the movie so let's not use a fake bird let's use this real bird and they kind of lead him over to the grasslands over there uh and they kind of put on a big show which basically leads oh, this is the bird right to them. And this is one of the most moments that I remember vividly. Yeah. I remember this vividly as a child, the perspective with the bird and they pick up, got uh, the bird picks up Hopper. Yeah. There's um, three just, just munching. Looking off. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so horrible. <laughs> it's, it reminds me of, just how they portray the birds in this movie reminds me of that episode of SpongeBob mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they're in Sandy's dome and they got to take care of the butterfly. <laughs> and when the butterfly like mm-hmm. lands on their visor, it's <laughs> like live action butterfly. That stuff scared me as a kid, but this had the same, this, this had the same effect. Um, but yeah, so then Hopper's dead, which is, it, it's the first, uh, picks our villain to die and it's only the second I'm about it uh, movie so that's pretty morbid um, but we fade to black fade back up and everyone's using Flick's inventions on the stalks you can tell it's a new age for these ants on Ant Island um, everyone's kind of in full swing everything is going swimmingly uh, here 
Um, we get a little tender moment between uh, like all the circus members and stuff because it turns out that the circus is going to go back on tour and that um, they're going to spread their joy with the rest of the bug community. Um, and they kind of ask Flick to join, but Flick wants to stay, of course. Uh, and they're like, okay. And they basically have the moment of, we'll miss you, blah, 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 blah. Um, Francis has the moment with the the blueberries, and it's cute. Francis the goat. Um, and then they just leave. They all fly away. Um, and uh, Ada becomes the queen, passes the crown onto her, and the queen <laughs> kind of uh, goes off with this little old rant. And, you know, they're banging. Um, and as everyone flies off, Ada kind of brings Flick up on this little stump. And then uh, they say goodbye. They're waving goodbye. And they're like, and then it cuts to the circus. And they're like, oh, crap, we forgot Heimlich. And it cuts. And Heimlich's in and his little cocoon. And they are tiny. So he... And he comes out. And he's got his little butterfly wings. And he says, I'm a beautiful butterfly. And then they all fly off together. It cuts back to show the wide of Ant Island, which is very beautiful and very nostalgic. And, you know, Pixar staple. And then it says the end on the screen. And that's the end of A Bug's Life. Was going to be named Bug's Story. But Lee Unkrich, I think, was fearful of everyone just thinking that every Pixar movie ever will be a blank story, you know? But it's a bug's life. We got to live in Flick's shoes for a little bit. Uh, 30 hours, I mean, 30 minutes of entertainment with an hour of uh, kind of uh, on my phone. Um, but yeah, overall, where would you put uh, um, Bugs Life in your tier list that we're boy. kind of building here, Luca? Maybe. Because for me, for me, it's not bad. Like a bug's life isn't in the bad tier for me. Because it's still there's still that classic Pixar charm in a lot of the stuff. Some of the characters are great. Um, I think the climax is great as well. Um, but it just lacks that sort of storytelling that I think Pixar is capable. I agree, of. and you know, I'm I'm struggling to think. I'm, my brain Agreed right now is thinking like this movie. If I had to give it a grade, uh, I'm thinking maybe like a C minus. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's no other way for me to put it other than I just don't think this movie is super memorable. Um, I, you know, when I think of Pixar movies, I always forget this one. Um, And not that this movie is bad, because it's not. Uh, Obviously, we kind of pointed out some of the big flaws, but that doesn't mean that the side characters aren't great. You know, we still get the classic uh, Pixar humor and they do some cool world building stuff. Um but it's almost like their problem is that their movies are so good that even the ones that are just, yeah, they're fine. You know, they, I, I think that they're so spread apart on the spectrum that, yeah, I'm going to probably go with somewhere in the C's here. C minus probably. Yeah. Okay. So like a C tier. Okay. I can kind of get behind that. See, like for me, what I'm thinking say, like, about it is like obviously C-tier. we know the stuff that's going right. to be in the A tier, um, and I think B tier is. You there? I know. I keep getting phone calls. Um, Luca. 
I think B tier is uh, Luca. a spot where we yeah, might see some of the better sequels or the prequels. I'm not going to say which ones. Yeah, that's just kind of... Well, we bit. got... How how I like to do it is, you know, you got the S tier, right? Mm-hmm. This is like... This is this is like God came down and blessed us, you know? Then you got A, which is like, yeah, these are the freaking good ones, you know? Mm-hmm. These are the solid beans. Then you got B, which is like, you know what? I had a good time. And then you have C, it's like, yeah, could have been better. <laughs> then you got D... You're like, man, cars, <laughs> just something uh, about it. And then exactly. you got I F, think that the way that you described it is perfect <laughs> for this to be in the C tier. You know, I think we, I, I think we broke it down that, like, of what the main issue with this is. Um, no. It's yeah. not a bad movie, and it's fine. And, you know, I laughed. It's not like I didn't enjoy my time watching it. Um, I don't know when I'll rewatch this movie again. And that's really the only thing that is flying through my head right now. So I'm going to stick with C tier for, for me right now. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about them a little bit. Uh, let's start with... Uh, you want to uh, go through those you have a uh, voice categories that you came up with? Um. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just got such a good line, like too, Francis where, you know, he's like, what? Because it's a ladybug, like, so we're uh, obviously assuming that it's a female, and he's got this, like, heavy, deep voice, and he's like, oh, why Why does everybody think it's got to be a, a lady, a girl ladybug? <laughs> it's just, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, yeah. So I'd say Francis, or like you said, Doc, is great for a kid character as well. I, I I like Kevin Spacey as even though I don't like him as a person. Yeah, I, I like his performance as Hopper as well. I'm gonna, just I'm gonna do a weird movie. one. I'm gonna go with Dot. You know, I not really much. like that voice. But his moments do her. shine um, for sure. If there's anything that we just kind of talk about over and over again, like a broken record, it's just how great the side characters are in these movies. Um, which one's your favorite? Yeah. Uh, I think Twig or whatever his name mm-hmm. is, <laughs> just because he he. I remember in, in, as a kid, he was always my favorite. Um, I mean, I like I like all the. I think I was just man. expecting all so much more. People, I think and are great. I don't know how you hate my man. And he really, um, I I just don't. That really I'm not hurts. about it. It's just one of those things that didn't work for me, and I was disappointed because for whatever reason, that's like the one I remember the most. And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, well, that's not what I thought it was. Um. No, I got to go Francis on this one for my favorite supporting. I think this is where he shines. Um, we'll go into your realm a little bit. Yeah, um, Francis. Do you have a a favorite shot? Mm-hmm. I really like the fly Good over one. the crowd shot. I don't know why. Like, as soon as it happened, I was like, ooh. Um. But also, I just like, honestly, it's what stands out to me is when Hopper's given his whole spiel in front of the fire. I think that looks really good, um, even for how old this is. Um, I think that 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 kind of showcases the talent that's at Pixar, even with this limited technology that they're able to make a shot like that. 
Um, and it seems like in a movie, like a normal movie, it would be very easy to achieve. But um, like in animation, you got so many different levels that you got to worry about. And it's just that they were able to pull off fire physics and the lighting of it as but, well. Yeah, I think technically um, I that's think probably needs uh, needs to have it. That's an amazing shot. One that for whatever reason it sticks out to me um, when uh, the flea dude is. Um, He's presenting like the trick to try and get the crowd to come back in. Um, and he, he basically raises the stakes of everybody's going to be wearing blindfolds and how long it's going to take. Yeah. Um, we get kind of a wide that shows everybody in the frame. And he says, in 15 seconds, um, or in less than 15 seconds. But when that happens, his face goes right in front of the frame. Um, and I think I love, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with maybe one yeah. of those little little ones, you know, whether it's the fisheye lens or that, just like kind of those little um, those little flares of oh, that's that's a cool camera thing that they did. Um, yeah. Um, did you have just a favorite scene as a whole? I respect it. Um, man. Uh... I mean, the whole circus scene is great. The whole... Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to go with the climax. I really like the climax. I was kind of, like, yeah. into it compared to the rest of the movie. Where I was like, okay. Because, like, I, I, don't, I didn't remember it too well, um, the whole end of it. But uh, I just remembered Hopper getting got by the bird. Um, but I love, like, the fact that it's at night, too, and they're messing around with some... Uh, lighting stuff there i thought was great and it leads into the rain stuff which i think is just once again first of all really well done in terms of just tension but also like the cleverness of pixar and how rain yeah i'm gonna again have to go with the ants. bar scene or just um, the whole so time that. that we're in like this little world the of the movie um, there. i think it's money i think that's where we get some of the best visual gags um we get some of the best lines uh some really cool perspective storytelling um yeah i'm really 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 into it uh is there a line that sticks out um to you the from this movie it's money i'm a beautiful butterfly dude what the heck That's i think my favorite one remember is still the clear as day we got and it's 24 kind of hours to live and i'm not gonna waste it here um <laughs> that one's that one's great uh, <laughs> what what do you think the audience for this movie is? What age do you think it's is kind good. of uh, works the best here? Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely younger for this movie. Because, um, like, I remember as a kid, like, I loved it. I had it on repeat. Uh, I think that there's enough color and stuff like that that keeps kids entertained and. Uh, even though, like, we find it, you know, in terms of storytelling, yeah. like, lackluster for kids, that matters less and less as long as they see cute stuff on the screen. So I think, and then it gives them a lot of uh, interesting looking characters. I think it teaches a good lesson about it's not, it's not, it's okay to be different, all that sort of thing. Um, and also about standing up to the, to the big guy. Maybe if we learned, uh, if we took this to heart, uh, and lastly, would, uh, do you have like a letter grade for this? I don't see that happening anytime soon. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, Bugs Life. I'll do a C. Yeah, I'm sitting C with a C minus. That's kind of where I'm leaning. And you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a Bugs Life. I mean, it had to be done. I'm glad we're kind of going through this, and it's going to be interesting to kind of see the evolution as we go. But I am excited for next time because we're doing Toy Story yeah, 2 and we're starting the historic it's, run. It's literally just unbelievable. Just go after go, brother. That's one of my favorite things then, is uh, that Toy like Story even though we can say that, it's like I could ask be a lot 10 of people's people favorite and they could Toy all, Story. you know, hit me with a different so answer. So it's going to be um and it doesn't shock me when, you know, I get different um answers. It's not like you ask somebody, "Hey, what's your favorite Cars movie?" and they you're like, "What?" cuz I mean, there's some people who don't like cars, but, you know, the first one is just so much better than the other two. Um, with the four Toy Story movies, I have I know people that each of them, you know, there's some people who like the fourth one the best or the first one, you know, the classics. But um, for those of you who just like to cry and listen to Frank Ocean, you love the third one. Um, <laughs> uh, Man, what a, what a, that's the best mm-hmm. ones it is like i don't know like okay. i love toy story 2 and it's a five-star banger but we'll talk about it when we get to toy story 3 but yeah i'm excited we're starting it we're starting it i will say the one that i'm most excited to rewatch because i've been itching to rewatch it for mm-hmm. a long time now and I just keep putting it off because I'm like, man, I got to watch. It's literally one of my anyways. favorites. When it's I, Monsters, Inc., when dude. I haven't seen Monsters, like, Inc. in a The, the two that always would get me, it just so. depended on which one I watched the last, uh, is Monsters, Inc. and Incredibles. Like, those are always, like, the top four. It's like, oh, my gosh, those are, like, my two favorite. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, we can't go wrong from this point forward until, I mean, we... But um, no, yeah, we got no. a couple Bugs years life. till we get to the um, the rough ones. The show, the show. Yep. And uh, next time we'll spend some more time thanks, with Woody in the game. Thanks, buddy. Can't wait. So thanks, thanks I'll for joining me, Luca. Happy birthday, man! Enjoy, enjoy your uh, your quarantine birthday. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go Getting play some early. video games. And maybe watch Toy Story 2 today. You know, I'm in the mood. Yeah. I just, Honestly, I've been wanting to just burn through all these Pixar movies since Disney Plus came out. And I've been delaying it for this podcast. So, now I have the excuse. And I have nothing else better to do because of where we're at in life. But thank you guys for listening to the Antus podcast thank you for sticking around despite the possible audio troubles that comes with doing it remotely uh hopefully all this is done soon but we'll see um we'll continue to keep making podcasts for you uh and it, it's honestly pretty simple for us as well so we're able to knock these we out well indeed um, thank you but yeah once again thank you for listening and we'll be back next time <laughs>